Welcome to the Willow Ridge Missions Podcast. Tune in this week as we have a special discussion with one of the missionaries that we support as a church. Hey, everybody. Glad that you're with us on the Willow Ridge podcast as we continue our discussion about missions. So we have a very special guest with us today. Um, as you know, we partner with many missionaries around the world. And, and the unique thing that we're dealing with with some of our missionaries is is some of our missionaries are, are in places where it's very safe to be a Christian. Uh, they may be de- de- dealing with difficult circumstances, uh, but persecution on Christians is, is not like it is in other parts of the world. And then we also partner with some missionaries who are in parts of the world where it's dangerous to be a Christian, and the work they're doing needs to be uh, protected, and their identity and the people they work with need to be protected as well. And so today we have one of those missionaries uh, that is living in in not the safest part of the world and definitely faces uh, uh, distinct opportunities of persecution based off of who she is, uh, what she believes, and the message that she is sharing. So today uh, we are not going to use the real name of our missionary. Um, Instead, we're going to refer to her as Ashley, and we will not speak about where she she is or who she's working with, but simply refer to uh, the, the people that she's working with as the Unreached People Group. So Ashley, thank you so much for, for being here with us today, and, and thank you so much for, for answering the call that God has sent you to go out onto the mission field. So uh, at, at our church, what we're really encouraging everybody to do is wherever they are in, in their walk with the Lord to really investigate and to see uh, God's call on their life for missions and, and the fact that we're all missionaries. Uh, but you are a professional, vocational, real-life missionary, right? And and you you were in your job, you were in your career, and, and God called you, and you said yes. And and it's been so great for us as a, as a church to, to be able to partner with you with that. And so uh, I just want to give you a, a few moments um, or as much time as you need to just tell us your story, tell, tell your call to missions, uh, what that looked like for you, uh, and, and what, what it took for you to say yes to God to, to go into the foreign mission field. Uh, yeah, well, first of all, I just want to say uh, thank you for uh, having me here today, and I really appreciate you guys and what you're doing uh, with all of this and, and bringing your congregation uh, together in, in missions and how you guys support missions and all of that. So it really is an honor to be here and to speak with you guys today. Um, so yes, my journey into missions, um, I would say that that actually started when I first met the Lord. So I met the Lord later in life when I was 30 years old and, uh, God used a David Platt Bible study, uh, to draw me to himself. And basically this Bible study was just saturated with scripture coming out of the gospels and all of this. And actually this study, it was called follow me. And it was, what does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? And so, you know, Jesus spoke uh, some pretty powerful and strong words when he was talking to people. And when he's talking about, you know, uh, to be my disciple, you have to pick up your cross and and follow me. Um, And when Jesus was saying these words, they really spoke to me, like, and and it caused me to question, like, what does it really look like to to follow Jesus and to be his disciple? Um, Anyway, uh, I continued to listen to David Platt after this because I trusted him as a teacher and a preacher and all of this. And through his teachings, um, I quickly uh, learned the condition of the world apart from Christ. 
Um, and so in my mind, when I'm thinking, okay, Jesus says to be his disciple, you know, we need to follow him and, and pick up my cross. And so it's not about these comforts of life and all of this. And so what does that look like? I'm hearing about, you know, people around the world that don't have access to the gospel and have never heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here, you know, I live in, you know, the southern part of the United States of America where there's a church on every corner. And so I think that reality just blew my mind in thinking that, well, I know Jesus and they don't. Um, so it doesn't, yeah, I, I have to go. It's, it's the only, it's the only uh, logical uh, thing for me to do with my life. Um, so anyway, uh, I had no idea what that looked like and where to begin and all of that. And so I just started on a journey where you're just walking day by day, seeking the Lord, asking him, okay, what is it that you have for my life? My life is yours. I'm surrendered to you. Just tell me what to do, where to go. But obviously it's not that simple. Jesus doesn't send me an email and say, okay, I want you to go to this place at this time, you know, um, and all of that. And so it was really just a, lear a journey of... Um, listening and looking um, at all of the pieces that the Lord was placing in front of me in my life. And, and one of those, one of the things that he used actually was a book called uh, Operation World. So Operation World is a book that's written by believers for believers, but it lists every country of the entire world um, and prayers that you can be praying for each nation. So it lists like the socioeconomic status, the political status, the religious status, all of these things. Um, and in the beginning of the book, there is a, a prayer guide, a calendar. So you can pray for a different nation every day of the year, if you'd like. And so not for the purposes of saying, okay, Lord, where are you sending me? But just because, you know, okay, well, I want to see the world come to know Jesus Christ. And so this looks like a good place to start. You start in prayer, right? And it's always start in prayer. So started praying for these different nations and these different countries around the world. And, um, you know, just praying through the calendar. And one day... I landed on a country, and for whatever reason, uh, the Lord just did something in my heart, and I can't really explain it, but he connected me to, these pla to this place and to these people. Um, so I continued to pray for this country for maybe like the next year of my life, and in that journey, you know, I, I just became curious. So I wanted to know more about this country. I wanted to know more about these people. I wanted to know more about their religion and all of these things. And so, um, anyway, uh, like I said, about a year later, maybe I ended up in a, a conference um, in Michigan that was geared toward. Well, it wasn't a conference; it was more like a training, but it was geared towards the religion of the of the people that I had been praying for, and that religion is Islam. Anyway, so when I went to this training, it was very interesting because the country that I was praying for, I'd never heard anyone mention this country. It's not a, a well known location, and all of this, it's not like on the mouths and minds of the people, and so I never heard anyone say the name of this place. And in fact, I was wondering if I was even pronouncing it right because it doesn't come up in conversation. So anyway, um, I end up at this training in Michigan, and the Lord sets me with a roommate that actually had been a worker in this country for the past couple of years, or, you know, a couple of years prior. And uh, in my mind, I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, the Lord's, you know, he's listening to me, he's answering my prayers, you know, and, and the prayers of the people. And, you know, here's a worker that's been in the country. And at that time, I just thought it was neat. I thought maybe God was just saying like, hey, I'm listening to you you know, and uh, here's someone that you've been praying for, never actually thinking that the, the Lord might send me to this place. 
Um, at the same training, I ended up meeting another couple that was uh, in a different scenario or situation as this young lady, but they were heading over into the same country that I had been praying for a couple of days after our training. And so it was just like, wow, okay, you know, I've been praying that the Lord would raise up laborers, and here they are, and I've been praying for the laborers in the country, and here one is, you know, and all of this. And so I'm getting really excited about that. But still, you know, not thinking that the Lord might send me there. This is just, we're st I'm still continuing on this journey. And so... Um, yeah, maybe over the next couple of years, um, still asking the Lord where and started opening doors to different nations and the Lord just continued to close doors, close doors, close doors. And, uh, finally I just came to a point and I said, you know what, Lord, I don't, I don't know what you want. I don't know where you, where you want me to go. And, uh, you know, I got to thinking about something and for whatever reason, I'm going to use this term and it might not make sense, but. I realized that at some point, like I had fallen so much in love with this country and these people through prayer, through praying for them, that I didn't think the Lord was going to send me there because I had some sort of like a martyr complex. So I was taking actually Jesus' words of take up your cross and follow me out of context in a sense of he's going to send me somewhere where, you know, I don't want to go, where I'm going to be miserable. And I clearly I've fallen in love with these people. So he's not going to send me there because that's, you know, something I love that I'm going to have to lay aside and give up. And then the Lord gently reminded me, he's like, you know, people don't just wake up one morning and say, hey, I want to move to this Islamic nation, and I'm in love with these people and this place, and, you know, I want to move there. And so the Lord just gently reminded me that uh, that was his desire. That's his heart, you know, that he gave me. And um, anyway, so the door was wide open. I said, all right, Lord, if this is where you want me to go, then let's see. And uh, every door was was wide open, and... Um, I was on my way. So, yeah, that's a little bit of that journey of, of how we got there. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, just even in, in hearing about the miracle, about what God did, you know, uh, you think about, for most of us, uh, places that we long to go, right, or something that we see online and we think, well, that'd be great to, to go on vacation there. But to really see the heart of what God has done as, as before you even went, before you knew how God implanted the love uh, for his people in this country in your heart mm -hmm. is to me just uh, a reminder of God's goodness and God's grace to us, even in the calling. Like, How else can you possibly mm -hmm. explain falling in love with a group of people that you've never met, uh, you know, in a place that you've never been to, uh, in cultures that you don't understand and are, and are foreign to you. And so just wonderful to, to, to be reminded of, of God working. So uh, if you wouldn't mind a little bit, uh, you know, again, uh, we understand that you can't share the, the name of the people that you're working with, but we would like to know something about them. You know, like let, let us uh, tell us about these people, just describe them to us. What is it like to interact with them, to be with them on, on a day-by-day -day basis? And I know it's probably a lot like everywhere else, right? There's there's the good apples, there's the bad apples, there's the easy people to love, and then there's the more hard people to love, right? Um, but but tell us tell us about the people that you serve amongst. They are a very hospitable people, and when you become their friend, you become their family, mm -hmm. and they are so loyal to you. And when they bring you in as a friend and as family. Um, that's a big deal. You, they really bring you into their lives, and that's really sweet. I think that's something that, you know, and not saying anything bad about American culture, but that is something that we miss here in the busyness of our lives is just that connection with family and relationship and that closeness and that hospitality. You know, I have friends 
in this country that would give me, you know, the last shirt that they own and, and these kinds of things, you know, they could have nothing, but you come into their home and, you know, they want to serve you. They want to make sure that you're taken care of and, and all of this. And, you know, I remember, um, at one point, not long, I guess maybe about six months after I had moved overseas, uh, I got sick uh, really sick. And it was something that couldn't really be explained. Uh, it didn't, it didn't make sense what was going on with my body and, and all of this. And so over in, in this country, you don't just go to one doctor and you get all your tests done in that one place and everything is good and you, everything happens in one day. Um, it takes a long time to get things done and to figure things out. So maybe you'll go to one doctor, but that doctor will send you to another doctor. And maybe that doctor sends you to another doctor, or maybe you have to report back to the first doctor. And so there's a lot of running around and all these kinds of things. And you're in a city that you don't know well, you know, then you don't speak the language well and all of these things. And you don't have a car, so you're relying on unreliable public transportation. Um, and so, but one of my friends, uh, that I had, you know, and I didn't speak the language well, so you can imagine that it might actually be a little bit difficult to even be my friend, you know, when your conversations are always very shallow and just kind of, you know, generic conversations. But for whatever reason, uh, she just kind of took me in. And when she found out I was sick, you know, she called me every day and she, you know, went to me with me to a couple of these doctor's appointments and things like that because she knew how much of a challenge that that was going to be for me to be able to navigate that world. Um, so yes, I think, uh, that's one thing that I would say about these people is just very loyal in, in friendship. Um, yeah. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you've been over there for a while, but now you're back here. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to talk about, uh, you being back here and, and what the future may look like for you. But, um, as you've, as you've been over there, just how do you see God, God working? How do you see God moving in the life of this country and, and the people that God's given you the opportunity to minister to? So I have a I had a language helper at one point. Um, and one thing about the city, uh, just like any city, the city is going to be a little bit more, we'll say liberal as far as, you know, their religion, the way they think. Maybe you could even use the term open minded if you want to use that term. Um, a little bit more open to other ideas and things like this. So in the capital, there's a lot of Western influence and there's a lot of European influence. And so they're getting, you know, influence from all over the world. And with social media and all of this, they're, they're seeing that there's other ideas out there other than what they know and what they were raised up in and, and all of this. And so that being said, God is using that to lead some of these people to really think uh, and question, question their beliefs, question what they've always been taught, question, you know, not that this is always a good or a bad thing, but questioning authorities and, you know, what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad. Um, and so when I say that, you know, I had one language helper that was doing that. And one thing that's awesome with the internet and the World Wide Web at this point is it gives people access to tons of information. And so this particular language helper was one of those that was questioning and doubting and all of this. And she wanted to know the history of her country. And she wanted to know. And so when you learn the history of the country, you learn the history of her religion and you understand like what happened in the beginning um, when their religion moved in and all of this. And so she began to question like her beliefs and all of this because she began to see the discrepancies and things like this, right? So in that, I think that discovering um, some of the lies and all of this that had come about in her religion, she started uh, looking and questioning, 
you know, potentially other religions that are just wondering, like, maybe what I was taught about Christianity, maybe what I was taught about Jesus really isn't true. And so she really started to research a lot of information on the Bible and on, you know, they call it the Injils, so the, the New Testament, the Gospels specifically. She wanted to know more, you know, about these things. And uh, this was a little bit, well, it was not too early in the language learning process, so I was able to really communicate a lot of things to her in this in this process. Anyway, um, we'd be sitting there in language class, you know, and she would say something that would remind me of something, you know, Jesus said. So I'd be like, you know, so I would tell her, I'd say, well, that reminds me of something Jesus said. And, you know, I would tell her whatever Jesus said, and she'd, she'd say, oh, well, where did he say that? Can you show me that? So, you know, I pull up the text, and thankfully on, on my phone, on an app, we have the, uh, the New Testament in the local dialect. Mm. Uh, so I would be able to pull it up, and I'd show her, you know, I'd show her the verse or the verses, but she wasn't having any of that. She'd actually go back to the beginning of the chapter and read, like, the entire chapter of whatever it was I was showing her. And this happened on several occasions. And it was like when she was looking and reading the Word, there was something going on. I mean, I believe the Holy Spirit was moving because she was, it was like she was devouring the Word, right? I mean, she's seeing the Word of God for the first time. And um, something was happening within her. Um so that led into, I remember one day we had a language session where, I don't know how this came about, but eventually we ended up talking about the entire New Testament and talking about basically every single book in the entire New Testament, why it was written, who it was written by, and all of these mm-hmm. things, because she just wanted to understand like how the Bible was written, because she knows that it was written differently than the uh, Quran was written. And so she's asking questions. Well, the Quran was written like this and we believe this. So can you explain to me like, you know, uh, a little bit more about your book? And so we ended up walking through the entire thing. She's taken notes the whole time, you know, and, and all of this. And anyway, it was just amazing to see like her curiosity, but also it was, it was more like a hunger than it was a curiosity for the things that were in, you know, in the book. And uh, it was really cool to be able to explore that, uh, to explore that with her. Yeah. So I was in another part of the world, kind of dealing with something a little bit different, but similar in, in dealing with Buddhist. And so uh, they said that the missionaries that were there working with this with this people group said their their inroad is is with college students, and that just blew my mind. Like you know, well, well, tell me about college students. And they said, well, what we've actually done as the church is. We're, is is embrace the rebellion of the college student mm-hmm. you know the, the college student is there underneath their parents rules and you just believe what you believe because we tell you what to believe but now they're off at college they're in the big city they have opportunities to, to do things that their parents wouldn't approve of right which on the surface as a dad makes my skin cringe a little bit you know right because that's not what we want that's but at the same time it's what god's doing and and working and, and moving and so in rebellion from their parents they walk away from buddhism and they're open to the gospel because now they have that. And then and then only in what God can do is God, you know, reveals himself as God's truth begins to work and as God's truth begins to move. And, and you see this. And so, you know, it, it is a neat thing to see uh, how God is working and moving in that for something even within our culture that we kind of frown on a little bit of, of these uh, 18 to 22-year-olds who are away from home and, and they're exploring different things. And, and we look at that negatively here. And God's saying, well, but here's how I'm using that for the gospel all mm-hmm. over the world. So mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. So um, so you've been there, right? You're back here now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, w- the thing that we all can't get away from right now, regardless of where we live, is COVID. Um, and so how has COVID affected ministry um, for you? 
And so, uh, and, and then even I know your future, like all of our futures right now, we, we don't know what it holds. And so I guess what kind of, what kind of wrench is, is COVID throwing in there, uh, for you right now? And, and what does the future look like for you with, with the country that God's called you to and the people there? So I lived in the capital for, uh, about a year and a half, the capital of the country. Well, about a year, I'm sorry. Um, and decided, well, the, the objective was always to move to the Southern part of the country and the capital, um, you know, the church is there and God is working there in the Southern part of the country. There is, um, there's no witness. And so that was always the objective to move to the South. Um, and so I ended up, I did a, a one month homestay in the Southern part of the country. And the idea was that I was going to move down after that homestay. So go back up to the capital, move all of my belongings, and then move back down to the South. Um, and the end of my homestay was basically March the 12th. Wow. And that yeah. was when everything was moving in, everything was shutting down, everything was going crazy. And so I went back up to the Capitol. I had planned to take about two weeks to button up relationships and, you know, tie everything up and get my house packed up and move and, and all of these things. Um, but with what was happening, I had to move. I realized that I had to move quickly. Like I needed to, I needed to move. So in less than a week, basically I packed up my entire house, hired a transporter. We're on our way down South. I get in a, in a house down South and everything, three days later, everything shut down. Now for us, that looked like about three and a half months of, uh, strict quarantine. So we weren't allowed to drive our cars. We could only go to the grocery store. Everything was closed. And so basically, I mean, you weren't, you were not allowed to leave your house. You had to stay in your house. So when I moved down to the new community, you're talking about, you know, major transitions and all of this new community. It was actually, you know, new team life and, and all of these things um, just to go into, into isolation and quarantine. So that was actually really, really challenging. I don't know my community. You know, I don't know my neighbors and, and all of these things. Uh, so that was really difficult. However, I think that one of the positives that came out of that was the friends, the relationships that I was able to build in the capital with the locals, with the, with the people, um, during that time of quarantine, it actually strengthened our relationships tremendously because now we're sharing this difficult experience in life together. So instead of me, you know, leaving and, and going back to America or going somewhere, you know, more comfortable, you know, I stayed there and we were able to walk through it together. So I had one friend in the capital, uh, she loves to cook. And so I would call her and we would, I'd set my phone up and this is some, so cooking women in the kitchen is very important in their culture and their, in their traditions and all of this. And so, um, I would set my phone up, you know, with a little Facebook, uh, messenger or whatever, and we would video and she would teach me how to, how to cook their local food oh, wow. and, and all of this. And so we would do that several times a week. And so these relationships that I was able to maintain from my friends in the capital actually grew exponentially. We became, it wasn't just these shallow relationships that actually really deepened our relationships. And we started talking about challenging things, hard things, um, this life stuff. Um, so that was actually something that was, that was really good. Um, but now on the other side, so, uh, I have to leave every couple of months to renew my visa. And, uh, unfortunately, once the airlines and everything opened up it, for me to leave, to renew my visa meant I could not return because as an American citizen, I don't have residency yet in this country. So as an American citizen, I couldn't return because, uh, there's travel restrictions on Americans around the world right now. 
So uh, I had to come back to the States. If you're going to get stuck anywhere, you, you know, you get stuck in the States rather than another country where you don't know the language and, and all of these things. And so now uh, things are starting to open back up and it's actually looking very promising that I will be able to head back over in the next month or two. Oh, wow. Great. So, yeah, uh, of course, we know that every day things are still changing. So there's a, a, a phrase in Arabic, they say, inshallah, which basically means God willing. And uh, I think it, 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 everything is inshallah. We are living inshallah right now because it's if it's God's will, then I'll go back in a month, two months, who knows. But um, yeah, right now it looks like hopefully in the next month or two. Well, that's fantastic. You know, it's God, God gives you people. He gives you a place, sets the, the burden on your heart and, and the obedience to go. And so thank you for, for being willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so where we are with, with all of our people here at our church is we really want to challenge people to begin to think through. You know, I, I preached several weeks ago that everybody's a missionary. Um, you know, whether you accept that and are obedient to it uh, is up to you. But uh, God's called us all. And so for some of us, you know, it means just walking across the street. But as, as you're evidence of, some of us at a, at a different stage in life, God says, you know, no, I, I want to use you, um, but not amongst your people, not amongst your country, but another part of the world. You know, um, for some people that may be a, a, a one or two week mission trip. For some people that may be their career and their life's calling. Uh, hopefully we've got people listening to us, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. and, and they're, they're wrestling with that. So let, let's Go all the way back to, to you when you began your process. You know, you're, you're really wrestling with uh, the call of missions on your life. And so let's say there's somebody listening right now and, and they're struggling with that. You know, they feel like God's calling them to, to go, but they're scared. They feel like God's calling them, but they don't know what to do. Um, they feel like God's calling them and they don't want to go. You know, whatever the scenario, what would you, as a person who said yes, what would you encourage them with? I'm going to use a word that people don't like, mm-hmm. but we're obedient. Yeah. You just, if God calls you to something, you just walk forward in it. You just be obedient, you know? And I think we talk about, you know, being afraid and, and all of these things, but when we walk forward in obedience, like you get to see God's faithfulness in a way that you would not otherwise, mm-hmm. right? So you're talking about these fears and discouragements and all this kind of stuff. But if you just start moving in that direction, um, you're going to see God work in, in ways that you can't even imagine. Um, you know, people often ask me, like, aren't you afraid to live in this nation? And the reality is no. Like, of course you are in one sense, but when you get there, you know who you're walking with. You know who's walking beside you. Um, so, yeah, it's just moving forward and being obedient to what God has called you to do. Um, and then just seeing the, the power of God at hand. I want to share this. I think this is pretty cool. So a lot of people will use, you know, I feel inadequate. I'm not equipped and all this. Maybe you don't have like the proper training or I didn't go to enough, you know, schooling, education and, and all of these kinds of things. And um, there was one particular instance uh, when I was actually dealing with that overseas, you know, in country. And I remember having a conversation actually with one of my friends and we were getting into like the religious debate and I didn't, you know, I felt like coming out of that conversation, I was like, 
I have no idea why God has called me here. Like I just completely failed in that conversation. Like I couldn't hang with some of the stuff that she was throwing at me or, or you know, whatever. And I left that conversation feeling very defeated and, and just having these, these wrestling thoughts and, and talking to God and, you know, like what, you know, I, you, you didn't equip me for this. Like, I don't understand. Like I am inadequate and, you know, whatever. I, I don't understand what's going on. And anyway, uh, like the next morning, I think, um, you know, just in your regular daily readings, you know, I'm reading, I think it was in the gospel of Luke and I'm reading of the account of, uh, the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years and she comes up and, you know, she touches, uh, Jesus clothing and she was healed and, you know, okay. So I'm reading through that and I'm praying through that and everything just going about a normal day. Why is that important? Well, so later on that day, I hop into a taxi like I do any other day, and uh, I get into this taxi, and the taxi cab driver, as soon as we start driving off, like he's frantic, right? And he starts talking to me, and this was earlier on in my language journey, so I, you know, I'm, I didn't have that much language and that much experience in all of this, but for whatever reason, the, the Lord just worked supernaturally in this conversation, and, and he gave me the ability to understand the majority, <laughs> the important stuff of what this guy was saying. Anyway, the taxi cab driver proceeds to tell me that, uh, you know, he's scared because he's been his son. Uh, he went to the bathroom one day and he started bleeding and he hadn't stopped since. And so, you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, Lord, I see what you're doing here, right? Like, but how do I even approach this conversation? My Arabic is terrible. Like, I want to tell this guy, you know, about you, but what does this look like? And so the, the more the man kept talking is he was just afraid because they didn't know what to do and, and all of these things. And I could just see, like, the fear and the desperation in his eyes as he was talking to me. And, of course, immediately I got into an argument with the Lord because I'm like, <laughs> well... I don't have the language, so I don't have anything to say here, right? And the Holy Spirit's like, no, like this is this is why I've called you here. So let's let's you know let's let's move forward in this. And so, like Moses, I'm like, but 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 but, right? And um, and then finally, you know, I said, okay, Lord, but if I'm going to speak, then you've got to give me the words to say. And the Holy Spirit did. And I don't really know what exactly I do know, but I don't know what I said to that man that day that, you know, God had intended for him. But I was just basically able to share the love of Christ with this man and, and to share, you know, that Jesus does love people. He wants to help people. He wants to heal people. I don't know what that looks like in that man's life. I'm not saying that he was going to heal his son, but just, you know, um, talking to this man about Jesus, it was an awesome opportunity just to open up to this guy. And why do I say that? After this conversation, you know, the Lord just reminded me um, that I am equipped. Why? Because I have the Word of God and I have the Holy Spirit dwelling within me. And God's going to do the rest of it, right? And so it doesn't really matter, like, how high your education level is and how many trainings you've had and all of these, how many books you've read and, and all of these things. Um, if you are a follower of Christ and, and uh, you know, the Holy Spirit is dwelling within you, then you've got everything that you need to, to move forward and just trust that, yeah. right? So move into those fears, move into those anxieties and all, and just uh, move into what God is, is asking of you. You know, it's remarkable, you know, the story that you just shared based out of the passage of Scripture that you read, but we've been, you know, looking at the book of Acts, and, um, you know, we think that God only works how he did in Scripture in the time of Scripture, right? But yet we see time and time again when your words, right, when we're obedient to God and he's faithful, then he's going to do the work. And, and it's what happened in that moment for, for you in the taxi, right? That's an ax moment, the mm -hmm. ability beyond yourself, mm -hmm. ability beyond your understanding, ability beyond your capability. Um, but God is more than capable uh, to do what God's going to do and to use you. And so, so just thank you, you know, thank you. And, and I want to echo that, you know, um, 
I got asked this this past year, um, or this sorry this past week uh, about the first mission trip I ever went on and and called mine. It was in 1999 in Mexico, and and I went and and we we put up a basketball court at, at a pastor's house for him to use as an outreach in the neighborhood, and then. Um, seeing what God has done each time as you say yes and you take these moments of obedience to go and, and the impact that we can have, right? Uh, for some people, God's calling you to a to a, to a one week to say yes to, to go to another part of the world to, to experience that. For some people, they're calling you to live there. But for so many of us, you know, um, the beautiful part that I'm noticing about Lexington more and more when we begin to look through it this way is God is bringing the nations mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And so there are parts of our community that you can journey to and you can go work with uh, Muslim refugees that live off of St. Andrews Road. You know, you could go into to stores and restaurants and interact with people that have maybe never heard the gospel and who have believers walk in and out of there. Or like yourself and, and some others that we know, you can say yes and and, and go and, and work and move and, and God's faithful in that. So, well, thank you for taking the time to kind of be with us today and, and to share your story uh, of what God is doing, to share God's story about mm-hmm. what he's doing and your part in that, uh, in your obedience. Uh, but as we wrap up, um, we want to continue to be able to pray for you. So uh, how can we pray for you right now during this time um, and, and in the future? Uh, uh, what can we pray for you about? Mm-hmm. I think right now at this moment, you know, uh, coming out of a three-month quarantine in a foreign land that is a difficult place to live has takes its toll on your, your mind and, you know, your emotions and, you know, um, your emotional well-being, spiritual well-being and all of these things. And I think even right now in my time in the States, I'm thankful for this, this time because God has given me uh, space uh, where he wants to restore mm. um really just restore my soul, right? Uh, so I think right now is just asking that uh, God would do that, that he would just work in a way um, to bring life back into into me, to fill me up again so that when I go back overseas, uh, I'm ready. Right now it's going to be a challenge actually to get back over there. It's There's a lot of, uh, a lot of hoops that I'm going to have to jump through, and so all of that's going to be stressful and, and tiring and exhausting, and then I'll have to quarantine for another extended time when I get there and all of this. And so I really need to be full before I return, and I was coming back empty. And so I think that God would just uh, ask that God would move into that space and uh, bring that restoration that is needed to continue on in this work. Um, you know, as far as the rest of it, I think it's just logistics that the Lord would open the doors up for me to be able to return, that he would, uh, you know, prepare the hearts of the people in the country. And, um, yeah. 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 Hey, well, thank you. Um, before we wrap up, let's, let's, let's pray. Let's spend some time praying for you. Awesome. God, again, I just come to you today and I I thank you for Ashley. I thank you for her, um, commitment to you for, for the step of obedience that she took. But, Lord, uh, your faithfulness um, to, to walk alongside her, to walk with her, and to move in how you're going to move. Lord, I thank you uh, in your sovereignty. Lord, uh, you knew um, about these times, and you brought her back to the States for this time, for her to be able to spend times with friends and family that she, that she loves and cares about, but also an opportunity to restore her, right, uh, Lord, to pour into her. And so, uh, God, I just I just pray and ask where where there is exhaustion, Lord, that you could breathe uh, your your life into her, Lord. Where there's uh, stress, give her peace, Lord. Where there's exhaustion, give her energy uh, for the work that awaits her. 
And Lord, in all of those things, it'll be we'll be reminded of your faithfulness in all of that. And Lord, as she prepares for the challenges of travel, for the challenges of quarantine, uh, Lord, for all of the things that that she must walk through in order to get back where she was. Lord, I pray uh, we, we don't minimize the difficulty of what people face, Lord, but we just pray for perseverance. Mm-hmm. Um, that that uh, Ash should be able to persevere through what awaits her. And Lord, to use it as as times to pray, to use it as times to fast, to use it as times to continue to seek you and for her to grow in that relationship and for you to pour into her so that she can pour into others. And and God, we just pray for the logistics right now. Uh, Lord, so much is going on um, with COVID, Lord, that you know, and and the logistics of of businesses, the logistics of of travel around the world. Lord, we're we're trying to use opportunities like what we have right now to to make people aware, but uh, it's so wonderful when we get to see the aspects of of your commission that you've called us to when we get to go. And so, Lord, for Ashley and the logistics of her return, Lord, I pray that that all of those things will be worked out before her, that as she walks through those, it is very evident to see uh, the hand of the Lord at work. Jesus, we thank you um, for this. We thank you for this podcast and the opportunity to do this. Lord, I thank you for all of those who have taken their time to listen today, Lord. And I pray that uh, uh, something that's been said, something that's um, that we've talked about well, will be a blessing to them, but even more so, Lord, a challenge to their heart. Uh, Lord, uh, thank you for Ashley, for her call, Lord, and for the words she said. May we, may we be reminded of, Lord, may we be obedient to you. And in our obedience, Lord, we'll experience your faithfulness. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. If you're interested in signing up for Explore Missions, visit willowridgechurch.com forward slash willow studies to sign up today.